The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the brand new Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I I just picked up the Dave Campbell bobblehead we have on the the set here, and I just realized the detail. They gave him a watch. Oh, look at that. Like half of a watch on (laughs) this thing. Yeah, it's like covered by his uh, jacket sleeve. That's a commitment to detail. I appreciate that. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating her 41st birthday today is Fiona Apple. Sweet. Happy birthday, Fiona Apple. And sitting to my right, the Mr. Peanut Butter to my BoJack Horseman, our West African <laughs> prince. It is Ishmael Johnson. Very appropriate. Comes out tomorrow. Yep. Comes out like 2 a.m. tomorrow morning. So yeah. I'm like, oh, really excited. <laughs> Today is Thursday, September 13th, 2018. 70 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 620. 620, Bill Hasselman's at-bats in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. 225 games in 1990. And then from 2002-2002 is the Bill Hasselman reunion tour. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we're doing it live. We're going to run through a suddenly swollen Thursday slate of games. Um, if we knew there were going to be a couple games that we definitely want to keep on. Sure. And now it's like a ton. Yeah. Like a ton of really good games, uh, in part because of the weather down there in, in kind of the coastal bend, South Texas area. So we'll get into that. Then we're going to switch things up. We're going to do the picks, my high school football predictions. Uh, for week three of the Texas high school football season. We're moving things around because at 1230, we have a very special guest. The head coach of the A&M Consolidated Tigers, Coach Lee Fedora, will join us. Believe it or not, he is definitely on the list of guys that I can't believe have not been on this show. Yeah. He's never been on this yeah, show. Yeah, wow. Which is kind of kind he interviewed of everyone, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we always, we, we've had almost every coach, and, and we've never had Lee Fedora. So we'll, we'll fix that today. Uh, we'll talk with him about 1230. In the back half of the show, of course, we'll close it all out. With America's favorite segment, free money. We'll get into that. Then. Uh, I do want to uh, get this in off the top. One of the biggest games in the state, Allen visiting Coppell on Friday evening, uh, 7.30 p.m. at Buddy Eccles Field in Coppell. And the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew will be there with all of our partners. Uh, Body Armor will be there. The Texas Army National Guard will be there. Takis, in and out and main event. Uh, plus Dave Campbell's Texas football. It's our big game that we're going to this week. So if you're out at the Allen and Coppell game, go say hi to the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew uh, and all of our partners, Body Armor, Texas Army National Guard, Takis, In-N-Out, and main event. So get in on that if you're going to be out that way. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. So, it's Thursday. Week three of the Texas high school football season is now officially upon us, Ishmael. And... 
we thought it was going to be a good week of games. Sure. Good Thursday night of games. Decent Thursday. Uh, is it Ryan McDonald? Is he writing our Thursday previews? That's right. Yes. yes. I'm getting a nod from our producer. Uh, Ryan McDonald. So go go and make sure you check out his fine work at TexasFootball.com uh, for uh, the written version of what I'm basically about to say out loud. But we thought it was going to be a good week. And then, like, weather happened? Yeah. And so, from what I understand, and I am not a meteorologist, I know I know, I often get mistaken for a meteorologist. <laughs> right. But I'm not. Okay. Um, Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. But from what I understand, based on what smart people are telling me, it sounds like sometime between about Friday at noon and Saturday at noon, big weather is going to hit the south part of the state, Coastal Bend area. Right. It it sounds like it's not going to it's not going to be anything like it, it was with uh, um, Harvey with Hurricane Harvey. Thank God, uh, but it will be it'll rain enough for it to be inconvenient. Sure, right. <laughs> and from what I understand, it could affect games as far north as Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're down there, first and foremost, be safe. But as a result, from a Texas high school football perspective, a lot of games got moved from. Friday up to Thursday. There are some games that are kicking off at like 3 o'clock. There are games like weirdo games that got moved um, around there. So we already had a pretty good list, and now we have like a banging list of games. Yeah, this is a pretty awesome list. This is a fantastic slate. So let's start in the Houston area. This was an originally scheduled game. Mm -hmm. Spring Westfield and Galena Park North Shore. I think there's a real argument this is the best game of the state this week. Sure. Uh, you've, got a st- you've got Galena Park North Shore, who has looked every bit the part of best team in Houston mm-hmm. through two weeks. Uh, they dispatch with Katie in first week, and then they, they bludgeon uh, Fort Bend Ridgepoint in week two. They look every bit the part. Now they're going up against a Spring Westfield team that is in a lot of ways built very similarly to them. Mm-hmm. They want to run the ball. They have a pretty good running back in Rayshon jo- uh, Johnson, I believe it is. Um, I believe that's his name. James. James, thank you. Rayshon James. I said, got it right the first time. <laughs> uh, Rayshon James. Uh, but the question for me, and I'm, you'll see it as I outlined it in the picks, is uh, both, both big defenses. Uh, my question is going to be who can hit those big plays. And, and from what I hear from folks down there, and having watched run back some of the games on, um, on, on streaming mm-hmm. and watched some of this, the difference for North Shore this year has been Demetrius Davis, their quarterback. Sure. He's been great. Mm-hmm. And if he has a great game, then I really love North Shore's chances here. Now, Westfield's going to be the best defense they've faced, and that's saying something, considering, or at least the most, the most complete at the moment of the game defense that they faced. They right. did place Katie, face Katie. I think Katie down the road could end up being one of the best defenses in the state, but mm-hmm. I think that in week one, they're kind of building up to that. Right. So I'm really interested in this one at Leonard George Stadium. And also, like, I mean, the news this week that Terrence Gibson's out yes. for Spring Westfield, that's a huge loss going against this defense from North Shore. Is, are they get, you know, is the new quarterback going to be yeah. ready to face one of the state's top defenses? Sounds like they're going to go with Roquan Washington, mm-hmm. the, uh, the backup, uh, to, to take snaps. And, yeah, Terrence Gibson, you know, it, 
it would have been a really interesting matchup to see Terrence Gibson, kind of a veteran quarterback, going up against his defense. Now you've got kind of a guy who's going to be thrown into the fire. Uh, that's that's why I, I look at this North Shore. Uh, now, granted, you know uh, Washington played pretty okay against yeah. Ailey Taylor. He's been, yeah, I mean he's gotten some run. He's right. he's not going out there he had three you touchdowns, know, I believe, last weekend yeah. uh, through the air. Yeah, he's so. not going out there with his, like bright eyed. But I will say that I think North Shore is a different animal. Sure. So I'm interested in this one up here in the DFW Metroplex. Highland Park and Frisco Lone Star is uh, a banger. Oh yeah, um, really interested in this one for a lot of reasons. Lone Star's defense has been lights out, but I also don't think they've faced an offense quite like they're going to face against Highland Park. Sure. Highland Park, I do think, has faced an offense similar to Lone Star when they played Rockwall in Week mm-hmm. 1, but they also struggled with them. Sure. Um, this is a coin flip type game. I'm really interested to see how Julian Larry, the new quarterback for Lone Star, looks. I'm really interested to see that matchup, the Lone Star offense against the Highland Park defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, the other side of it as well. Uh, the Lone Star defense, which has been so good. I think they held Denton like six points last week. Yes. Um, going up against Chandler Morris and this kind of revamped Highland Park offense that mm-hmm. is, you know, has so many different new moving parts and yet continues to plug along. Uh, I'm really interested to see this. This is, I think, the biggest test for both these teams yet. Right. Uh, and I think we'll get a bit. And the great news is they're both 5A Division One, So there's a fair chance that this, this is a level be, matchup. Th- yeah, this is a fair chance that this could be the first of two meetings. Exactly. You know, if they are both top five teams like we have them in Dave Campbell's Texas football right now, then I think that it could be the first of two meetings. And like you said, Highland Park had those two tough matchups early on. So we kind of have an inkling of how good they are already. Mm-hmm. Lone Star, you know, this is their biggest test easily for them so far, and this is a good chance for them to put, prove themselves. A, a game that got moved uh, as a result of all the incoming weather, Goliad and George West, this mm-hmm. is the game that uh, Matt Sepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, is going to be at. And to me, I'm really interested to see if there's any sort of letdown for Goliad. Sure. You, Huge I, win. I think to, to 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 dominate Refurio like they did the week before on the road. Uh, I think that maybe you get geeked up for that, and then maybe you have a little bit of a letdown. Mm-hmm. And George West is certainly good enough to beat you sure. if you have a letdown game. Right. This team is pretty darn good, and I really like this. Uh, I really like what the, what they bring to the table as far as running the ball is concerned. Uh, Brendan Henneke has been really good. Their quarterback Dakota Wallach takes care of the football, and their defense has been very solid. You know, keep in mind this is a team that's two and zero. They got to win over Orange Grove, and they got to win over Nixon Smiley. This will be the best team that they've faced so far. For me, this is let down alert for Goliath, right. especially with so many moving parts, moving the game up, moving the game up a day. Um, things get out of whack. They, exactly. I mean, your, 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 your mindset changes. Things, things, Small things change. In a vacuum, I think Goliad's your favorite. Here. Right, sure. But I will also say that if they have that little bit of a letdown, George West, the Longhorns are absolutely good enough to beat them. Uh, staying down the Coastal Bend, another game that got moved up to today, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, and Needville. Um, Cal Allen's coming off a loss to Flower Bluff, in which kind of defense kind of let them down a little bit. Defense mm-hmm. wasn't great. And I will tell you, if their defense is not great, I've got very bad news for you. Because Needville coming. They can put up points. And Needville can <laughs> score. Needville's got a crazy offense. It's averaging, I think, more than 550 yards per game. Yeah. Uh, this quarterback, Kenny Hearn-Sear, has been great. That's the coach's kid. Um, 
uh, I'm really excited to see what, what they do with this running back, Ashton Streetick, who I believe is a Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominee. He had a huge game last week. I think this game, if Cal Allen's not careful, and I know you know there's going to be people who say, oh, this is a 5A versus a 4A, and that's true, but this is a really good explosive 4A that does look like it has some of the pieces to challenge Cal Allen. Sure. I'm really interested in this one. Defense has been, eh, it's been fine, but it hadn't really mattered. They're scoring 60 points a game. Mm-hmm. So I am very interested to see what happens with Needville and Cal Allen. And then let's go way, 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 way out west to El Paso. El Paso, Pebble Hills, and El Paso, Chapin. Um, this is, this might be, I don't think this is a district game, is it? Did I make that up? I think I made that up. I don't think it's a district game. But um, uh, this is a game out there in, in El Paso that I think is a measuring stick for both of these squads. Uh, you know, Chapin has had trouble scoring, but the defense has really been um, has really been in you know held up there into the bargain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the other side, everything's clicking for Pebble Hills right now. Sure, uh, this team looks really good. Kind of what we thought uh, they were going to look like, figuratively and literally. They have the best. Uh, yeah, they, they got, have the best yeah, swag, swag shine the, uh, the, uh, material. The Nate kind of aqua aqua green, aqua blue. It's a combination that works. Uh, Sebastian Ochoa, their quarterback's been really good, and then this running back, uh, Caleb Gerber, uh, has been excellent as well. So they're going to put up points and I think that I, this, I do think this will be the best defense they've faced so far, mm-hmm. which makes this a really interesting challenge once they do hit district play. Uh, but this is a uh, this is a six A versus a five A matchup. Uh, Cal or Chapin rather uh, is is the five A team out of one five A Division one. But this is a really nice measuring stick I think for both these squads. Um, and, and Chapin kind of a kind of a, a known commodity, a, a, a power out there in the El Paso area, mm-hmm. going up against. Pebble Hills, which is kind of the nouveau riche, right? Sure. This is the program that has has kind of come on of late and become the program in El Paso that everybody's talking about. They moved to three and zero with this win here, and, and suddenly I think that things get really interesting uh, for Pebble Hills because I believe this is their last non district game. Did I get that right? At least no, they go to San Angelo Central next week. So there's another one fun as well. So. I'm really interested in, Ch- in, in Chapin and, and Pebble Hill, so if you're way out west, uh, make it a point to get out and, and watch this game. I think this will be a really good one. Those are five games to watch, of course. Check out TexasFootball.com for Ryan McDonald's breakdown. He, he lists other games, Arlington Bowie and Rockwall, uh, as well as Amarillo, Tascosa, and Palo Duro. San Antonio O'Connor, San Antonio Warren, we talked about that on Tep and Step. We're really excited about that one. San Marcos, Loretta United, uh, and Melissa and Whitehouse uh, are our games that he uh, profiles. So check that out at TexasFootball.com to find Mr. Uh, Ryan McDonald's uh, fine work. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. A new exciting thing that we have on the site uh, today and this week, uh, and we started in week one, uh, Live Scores. For all the ranked games across the state, if a, te- if a game involves a team that's in the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings, uh, then we will have a live scoring update on TexasFootball.com at the very top of the page. Uh, make sure you get there. And if you become a Dave Campbell, if you b- just become a member, you don't have to si- become an insider, but if you just become a member and, and, and create a login, you can customize your experience, whereas your favorite teams will show up first. So check that out. That's at TexasFootball.com. Live scores there. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, you can get two magazines. The 2018 Summer Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football comes out right after Thanksgiving. Profile more than 400 prospects around the Lone Star State. And then you get pre-order for the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. The Bible of Texas Football. The 
one you want. Check it out. You get that. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content. So if you are the kind of person who's into like instant gratification and you want a reason to sign up right now, this is your reason. TexasFootball.com, you get a year's worth of exclusive online content, including computer projections of every Texas high school football game, which are up right now for week three, computer rankings of every Texas high school football team. Those are up right now for insiders. You get a full season of Tep and Step, the high school football insider-only podcast from Matt Step and I, where we nerd out on high school football for an entire hour. Uh, every week you get that. Uh, you get recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and our recruiting analyst, Greg Powers. Uh, you get insider interviews from Matt Step. All sorts of good stuff. And you're saying, boy, Greg, I'd pay thousands of dollars for all the things that you just listed. We're not even asking for $1,000. We're asking for $19.95. I should, actually, since I said thousands, I should probably say that's $19.95. <laughs> so somebody's not like, man, that's a ripoff. $19.95 for an entire year. That's not monthly. $19.95 for an entire year. You get the two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content, all that goodness at TexasFootball.com. Makes a great gift as well. Um, what's a holiday that's coming up? Halloween. Halloween's coming. <laughs> get the football <laughs> fan in your life the Halloween gift of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insiders. Put it in the kids' uh, Halloween bags. <laughs> just like, you know, like, like a promo code. <laughs> you just put it in there. It's a little pumpkin. I wanted a reason. Dad, what's Tep and Steph? What's Tep and Steph? What's a podcast? Anyway. <laughs> it is <laughs> It is week three of the Texas high school football season. Uh, big games all across the state. Uh, I have once again the courage to go out there and predict the biggest games in the state. Here are my high school football predictions for week three of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. Another must-see slate of games in week three of the Texas high school football season. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're now into week three of the 2018 Texas high school football season. Some teams are surprising 2-0, others a stunning 0-2. But a lot of big games all across the Lone Star State, from Texarkana to El Paso, from Canadian down to the Rio Grande Valley. But we're going to start in spring. 7 o'clock Thursday at Leonard George Stadium in spring. It's a must-see Houston area slugfest as the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs take on the Spring Westfield Mustangs. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, 24. That's how many points I think are going to win this game. You've got two defenses that are hitting on all cylinders right now. We knew North Shore's defense was going to be very good with their defensive lineman, Tony Bradford, and the same goes for Westfield. Their traditionally strong defense has a fantastic playmaker in Dylan Peavy. So, which offense can find that breakthrough? Which offense can get to that magic number of 24 points? Key number two, play action. Both these teams are going to want to pound the ball on the ground. Rayshon James, the running back for Westfield, has been very good. And you probably know a little bit about Zach Evans, the running back for Galena Park North Shore. But one of their more effective chunk plays for both these squads is going to be when they pull the ball and run play action passes. Can Westfield's new quarterback, Roquan Washington, take advantage of a North Shore defense that's going to be loading up against the run? And same goes for Demetrius Davis, the North Shore quarterback. Spring Westfield has got to find a way to stop Zach Evans. Can Demetrius Davis hit a couple plays over the top? To me, this game comes down to who can hit one or two big pass plays. That's a big key in this one. And key number three, 
Westfield's recent dominance. If you were to ask Houston area high school football fans who's been the better program of late, it'd be pretty close, but they'd probably lean a little bit towards North Shore. After all, they have the most recent state championship when they won it in 2015. But believe it or not, when these two teams have met, it's been Westfield coming out on top more often than not. Five of the last six meetings Westfield has taken from North Shore. That's what we in the business call a trend. So the question is, does that trend hold up? Does Westfield just have North Shore's number, or will North Shore find a way through? Who am I picking? I'm going with North Shore. I think Demetrius Davis has really added an element to this offense that we knew was going to be very good with Zach Evans. Now they've got the run and the pass. That's pretty dangerous and difficult to stop, not to mention that North Shore defense. Terrence Gibson being out for Westfield, their quarterback, I think is a bit of a blow. I do think Roquan Washington, if he can hit a couple of these big play-action chunk plays, has a chance to keep Westfield in this. But for now, I think North Shore brings home the win. Let's stay in Southeast Texas, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Dan R. Hook Stadium in Orange. It's a 3A versus 4A clash as the Newton Eagles take on the West Orange Stark Mustangs. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Chain Gang versus Purple Power. And yeah, this is the matchup we're all here to see. The West Orange Stark defense, the Chain Gang, they at this point need no introduction. They are one of the most dominant units in the state at any level, year in and year out. Tashawn Teal is the new face of this defense, and they are fearsome. Now they're going up against one of the most explosive offenses at any level in the state for this Newton offense. When you talk about Darwin Barlow and their outstanding quarterback, Josh Foster, this team is absolutely loaded. So look, this is strength on strength. This is what everybody wants to see. What happens when the Newton offense takes aim at the West Orange Stark defense? Key number two, Newton's defensive speed. For all we talk about the chain gang defense, this Newton defense can fly a little bit as well. Tamalzia Brown, their outstanding do-it-all athlete, is all over the field. And when you add in a linebacker like Jadrian McGraw, you understand why this Newton defense can get sideline to sideline so quickly. The West Orange Stark offense is a bit of a work in progress at this point. Their new quarterback, Tyrone Wilson, I think has been better of late. But this is a very big key in this one. Can the West Orange Stark offense mitigate Newton's defensive speed? And key number three, everything outside the lines. I think there's a lot of different factors that play into this game that won't happen on the field. First and foremost, full disclosure, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, and with rain closing in on the Golden Triangle, there have been rumblings that this game could be moved to Port Neches Groves. Does that have a factor in this game? But the other side of this is kind of a mental one. So these are two of the most dominant programs in the Golden Triangle. West Orange Stark has long been the golden boy of that part of the state. And for two of the best teams in that area, they haven't played each other all that much. But when they have, West Orange Stark has dominated. They are 7-1 all-time against Newton. And you know what? I think that sticks in Newton's crawl. I think they hear a lot about how great West Orange Stark is, and Newton wants to get to that level and be known as the team in the Golden Triangle. So with all these mitigating factors, all these things off the field, who handles the pressure of this moment better? Who am I picking? I'm going with Newton. I think this offense is for real. I really love what they bring to the table uh, with Tamazia Brown, the do-it-all athlete who will be on both sides of the ball and in special teams, not to mention Darwin Barlow and Josh Foster. This team is absolutely loaded. The West Orange Stark Chang Gang defense is certainly going to have something to say in this game, but I just think that right now the West Orange Stark offense is a little bit too much of a work in progress. Newton, they look like the real deal right now. I think the Eagles sort of a win.
7 o'clock Thursday evening at Frisco Memorial Stadium. It's a must-see DFW 5A clash as Highland Park takes on Frisco Lone Star. And two new quarterbacks at the helms of these two teams. You've got Julian Larry, the quarterback for Lone Star, and Chandler Morris taking over for Highland Park. But the question here is going to be defense. Lone Star's defense has been fabulous through his first two games, but have they played a team like Highland Park? I'm not sure yet. This game is a toss-up. Flip a coin. For now, I'm going with the defending champs. Give me the Scots. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Comanche Stadium in Shiner. It's a fantastic small school matchup between Burton and Shiner, and this is strength on strength. You've got the superstar offense led by Demondrick Winters and Caleb Harmel for Burton going up against what has been an absolutely lights-out Shiner defense has not allowed a point yet. That is the matchup we've all come to see, but I think the Shiner running game is going to be the difference here. I like the Comanches to hold serve at home. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Landry Stadium in Mission. Mission Veterans Memorial welcomes in Brownsville Veterans Memorial. And I think this is the District 16-5A Division I title game here. I think these are the two best teams in that district. And the winner here will be in the Catbird seat for the district title. A lot to like in this matchup, specifically the clash in styles. Brownsville Veterans Memorial, they want to grind it out on the ground and win with defense. While Mission Veterans Memorial wants to let their quarterback, Landry Gilpin, the do-it-all athlete, let him loose in this game. I think this is a fantastic matchup. I'd be pretty surprised if it was decided by more than about seven points. For now, I'm going with the team, the single individual best player. That's Landry Gilpin. Give me Mission Vets. Let's go to the Concho Valley, 7.30 p.m. Friday night, the Puncher Dome in Mason. It's the Mason Punchers taking on the Sonora Broncos, and I'm really interested to see how this Mason defense handles Brian Van Winkle and this Sonora attack. They've been sizzling so far. The key for me is Mason's ball control. Can they keep the ball away from Sonora? I think being at home helps, too. The Puncher Dome's got some magic left in it. Give me Mason. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Buddy Eccles Field in Coppell. It's the Allen Eagles visiting the Coppell Cowboys. This is the site of Allen's last regular season loss way back in 2012. That was pre-Kyler Murray, believe it or not. And I think Allen actually does remember that. Now, Coppell's got some playmakers. This running back, Ryan Hurd, I think is special. And you're going to want to keep an eye on Jonathan McGill, their do-it-all athlete. He will be all over the field, offense, defense, and special teams. But for all we talk about Allen and their big-time attack with Grant Tisdale and Theo Weiss, I think the defense is the difference here. I think Allen takes home the victory. But those are far from the only big games in week three of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Andrews over Level Land. Give me Beville Jones to beat Corpus Christi Toloso Midway, and Marion takes Blanco. Carthage takes down Marshall. Give me Medina Valley to beat Hondo. And I'm really interested in this one, but I think Huntsville takes down the defending champs, College Station. Give me Belton over Copperas Cove. Dillion beats Dublin, and I will take Dickinson to beat Perlin Dawson. The must-see game in Eagle Pass. I'm going to take Eagle Pass to take down rival win. Give me El Paso Pebble Hills over El Paso Chapin, and Hutto stays perfect with a win over El Paso Del Valle. Era over Chico Hamlin beats Hawley, and Amarillo Caprock edges Lubbock Estacado. Malakoff squeaks by Mejia. La Jolla takes down Sherryland, and in a matchup of two teams with big-time pedigree, I like South Lake Carroll over Odessa Permian. Childress beats Panhandle, Lexington beats Rockdale, and Alice takes care of Rockport Fulton. Really interested in this one, but I think Cedar Park gets off the schneid. I think they take down a wounded San Angelo Central team. And in San Antonio, I think O'Connor edges Warren in a critical district matchup. Seymour beats Wichita Falls City View. Give me Shepard to beat Orangefield. And Gunner gets a scare, but they beat Whitesboro. 
Holiday stays perfect with a win over Winthorpe, and in our six-man game of the week, I like Garden City over Balmeray. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week three of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There they are, my week three Texas high school football predictions. Once again, I will tell you I got at least one of those right. At least one. Sure, man. What do you believe? That is, that is, I am, I am, I've done this every single week, every single week I've, I've guaranteed that I've gotten at least one pick right, yeah. and every week I've been right. It's going to come. Oh, I know. That I'm going to go week. like, oh, it's going to be, you know what it's going to be? It's yeah. going to be state championship weekend. I'm going to go, oh, yeah. and I'm going to go like 0 for 12. Yeah, you're going to pull like a, like me. I, I had like, I, like, I think I guessed like two wrong. Yeah. <laughs> two right. Yeah. I mean, last year, title games, I think I went like, Five and seven was bad. It was bad. I think we were all, all of us except maybe Max. I think Max went over 500. Yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com. To become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, remember, um, remember uh, live scores on there tonight. Yes. We have an update from Coach Fedora. Uh huh. Very nice. Uh, big weather has uh, has pushed practice back a couple minutes. A couple so, minutes. So he's just going to call us back, but he needed about uh, you know a couple, a couple more minutes before he can get back on. We don't control the weather as much Sorry. as we like to. Right. He said he's very sorry, but no. he'll call right back. No problem whatsoever. That's fine. So we will vamp. Yeah. Um, so, do we want to talk a little bit about Texas State being ten and a half point underdogs to South Alabama? Uh, we talked about this a little before the broadcast. Um, it's pretty much the Sun Belt's equivalent of El Asico. Yeah, Some, uh, Texas State and South Alabama. Uh, that game makes no sense. It doesn't. If you if you're a Texas State fan, you definitely have a recent memory of those games ending kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2014, Texas State won on a. A fourth and 20 conversion from Tyler Jones to Ben Aja to set up a game-winning field goal. The next season, Texas State goes 7-5. and five. They lose to South Alabama, who went below 500, I believe. Sounds right. The next year, Texas State goes 3-9, and nine, but one of those wins is over South Alabama for some reason. And it, it makes no sense. I have no it is. It's knowledge the, of what to expect from the game. It's the Iowa-Iowa State of... Yeah. The Sun Belt. Right. Texas State could win this game by 21, and no one would bat an eye. South yeah. Alabama could win this game by the spread. Yeah. They go, no they, go in by, they go in by 11 and right. be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Right. Um, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll get to free money here in a minute. Sure. Uh, but one thing we were talking about beforehand, and this is going to be our warm-up topic before we ran a little bit behind, but I might as well invert the entire show. We're subverting your expectations. Um, <laughs> the joke for one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the uh, I appreciate that. Uh, um, it does college football, college football uh, meteorati, mm-hmm. right? The commentariat of college football. Yeah. Do they have the worst and most egregious hot takers of any sport? Yeah, because there's a couple of people who spring to mind. Danny st- Cannell had a really terrible tweet the other day. Oh God, about the weather. About, about like, oh, why are we canceling games just because there's a hurricane? I did like Spencer Hall's response to that. Which he, was? T- he tweeted the. He tweeted. He he screen grabbed that tweet, and then he tweeted the screen cap of the guy who, the guy who's been stabbed talking to his stabber. What are you gonna do? Stab me? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> it's basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing. But um, that's the so. that's the funny thing about college football is that I think it has simultaneously yeah. some of the best people right. covering sports sure. in it, right? It, who like that's their main that's their main gig is like covering college football. I think some of the best people do it. I think everything Bruce Feldman says is gold, right. right? Perfect example of a guy that I think is just like one of the best journalists out there, capital J journalists. Right. And then you have like Clay Travis. Right. Who just Who's like stuff. the total other uh, opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. And and Danny Cannell and just like all the hot takers. I don't know. The only comparison I made was uh, baseball because mm-hmm. baseball is somehow – it is 2018, and we are still arguing about whether or not math is good. <laughs> like, that's the only thing. Like, the NBA, I feel like NBA Twitter, the reason that NBA Twitter is great mm-hmm. is that NBA Twitter is equal parts hilarious, just like stupid memes and just right. like makes me laugh, and equal parts like thoughtful analysis of what we've seen. Sure. I think, and I, I sticking with college football being kind of the balance of both what's awesome and not so awesome about uh, mm-hmm. the media coverage is that the people that are awesome kind of embrace the absurdity. Yes. Right? They embrace, hey, college football is really weird and really dumb sometimes, right? Yes. But it's also kind of fun. Yes. And the people that are the hot takers are the ones that take it way too seriously. Correct. And it's like, okay, guys, this is, at the end of the day, we're all covering sports. This is all, these we're are all, all games. Paid, we're all getting paid to, to talk about sports. These it are all games good. of people catching a ball. Yes. Like, this is this is supposed to be absurd. It's supposed yeah. to be fun. It's okay to look at it like that. The NFL, amazingly, I think the NFL has done a better job of, like, separating the wheat from the chaff mm-hmm. as far as selecting, like, like they've done a really good job of self uh, kind of sorting their media to the point that, like, Essentially, I feel like almost all NFL media is pretty good. Like that's fair. now, maybe that's just because I surround. Like I, we all choose our bubble, right? Right. Like right you, sure. you, you join Twitter. This and is says, who I'm going to listen to. And says which to. bubble would you like to join? Right. And mine is like is like stat nerd, yeah, fun, funny Twitter. Sure. Um, and NFL Twitter, I feel like has a lot of people who are thinking really deeply about it. Maybe it's because, you know, maybe there is something to be said about. The more parity there is in a sport, the the more the more you have to think in the obvious things are not there. Sure, right, and so you have to think on it. You have to go galaxy brain, so to speak. Right, as as a great man once said, um, you have to go galaxy brain and, and think on a different level to stand out, mm-hmm. and, and that gets you noticed. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that's I don't know. I I I just feel like I've it's early in the season. I've already seen more hot takes about oh, college sure. football because also like in I college football, you have so many more ecosystems too. You have mm-hmm. so many more. You have the SEC bubble. Mm-hmm. You have the Pac-12 after dark bubble. Where it's, oh, you know, yeah. the fun S- belt, fun belt bubble, fun belt bubble. Right, I'm part of that. Um, and you have yeah, you have Pac-12 where it's like we're not getting respected on a national level because they play at 4 a.m. or whatever. And you have the Hawaii bubble who literally plays at 4 a.m. sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the SEC, who you know, if you're if you're not ranking them as the best, they don't like you, and so all their coverage is going to be about how "quote unquote" it means more, right? Mm-hmm. And you have all these different type of subsets that you don't necessarily get in the NFL. You, no one rides hard for the AFC East, like no. Yeah, one, I guess that's true. <laughs> no one rides. For, well, like you know, there's no. Yeah, like there's not even conference. There's funny. not even like no one rides yeah, for the NFC. Yeah, that's a good point. That, so. Like the like there's nobody but like I will say that like in baseball though mm-hmm. I do think there are people who are like oh the American League's a lot better than the sure. National League. and I think like I subscribe to as that. much as I don't think as much as I don't like the All-Star game meaning something I think that has to do with the All-Star game too yes and so it's like 
there's a, there there are stakes involved, and I don't like that. But that does kind of instill this, and there are like distinct rules as well. The designated mm-hmm. hitter, things like that. That there are that there does create this, uh, I, I guess, tribalization mm-hmm. of the two conferences that you don't get in others. Um, the NBA is the same way. Uh, the East is terrible. The West is you know. The West, the West Confer- Western Conference Finals are the real NBA Finals. You right. hear that a lot. So. All of this is to say that if you would like to join Ishmael Johnson and I on the Munkin Hive. Yes, Army. If West you Point. want to become an Army football fan, we are accepting, we're accepting applicants. Yeah. Uh, they play 11 a.m. Saturday uh, at home against Hawaii. And we can uh, – so if you want to hop on, yeah. get some fun football in your life. West Point football, everybody likes Army. Hop on board the Munkin Hive. It'll be great. We're talking with Lee. We got Lee Fedora on the phone. He's coming up momentarily. But anyway, if you'd like to join the Munkin Hive, uh, we are always. We are always. Yeah, we're always. Yeah, their mascot's a donkey with suspenders. (laughs) If you're not into that, I don't know. I don't turn off. Turn off this 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 broadcast. We don't endorse you exactly. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline to talk with our very special guest. He's the head coach of the 2-0 A&M Consolidated Tigers. We are joined by Coach Lee Fedora. Coach, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Wonderful. How are things in uh, apparently soggy College Station, Texas? It has been crazy. We've had so many lightning alerts and had to 45 minutes, an hour postponed practice and all that. And one, one day we played in a pouring down rain practice for – about two and a half hours, but like I tell our guys, all it does get you ready because you never know when you're going to get in the game when it's going to be pouring down rain on you. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's unpredictable uh, uh, around here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested. You know, you're in your second year there at at, at Consolidated and and entering uh, a year that I think a lot of people, us included, have pegged for a, as a very big year for for the Tigers. Uh, now that you're in your second year, how is there some sort of actual difference you can tell between the program that you walked into uh in 2017 and the program you're you're in right now well i think the biggest difference they got a year under their belt with us so you know practices go a lot smoother they understand our terminology and our play calling on offense and defense and our special team so you know they're getting that and it's may allowed us to pick up our pace a lot more because you know i'm an up-tempo mm-hmm. offense kind of guy but we're never going to go fast enough. I don't care if I'm here 20 years. I, you know, I want to get it going and, and using our, um, you know, speed, getting out there and going tempo to hurt some of the defense trying to play us. And we got some real good skill positions. And but like I tell them, it all starts up front, you know. And, and the one concern of mine is just a lot of depth. But I think when you talk to everybody across state, everybody's concerned with their depth, you know, and their old line and things like that. But right now, the kids are buying in everything and doing a good job. So you feel like now, as a result of just literally being in the system for an extra year, you feel like they they understand what's expected of them, uh, not only from from a tempo perspective, but also just from a doing things the right way perspective? Well, what's great about it is they understand, you know, when we do some of these plays, they're like, man, we do these a lot. And I said, yeah. You know, at my last school, we were doing it with seventh graders, and that's why we won state championships those two years because those seventh graders knew the same plays we were calling when we were in the state championship game. And, you know, they're getting an understanding of it. And when they have a good understanding of all their assignments and things like that, that's when we start adding a few tricks to the plays and things like that. And it's been a lot easier this year adding things because they're getting a better understanding of, of their assignments. Uh, I but amazingly, you know, you are an up-tempo offensive guy, and I definitely want to talk a little bit about the offense uh, in a minute. But 
the the calling card for this for this team the last two years really uh, has been defense. Uh, you guys were fantastic, really solid defensively last year. You guys uh, have been excellent this year so far, allowing just seven points through your first two games uh, to a no start. Um, what has been the difference? It seems like right now it's early still, but it seems like you guys have have helped make that next step defensively. What's been the difference defensively for you guys? Well, no doubt. What I tell guys all the time, it ain't about offense. You know, offense, you're going to win games, but defense going to win championships. And, you know, I know you made the comment we've given up seven points, and that wasn't on our defense. That was on a special team's giving up a kickoff return. But like I tell them, that makes me upset because that makes our defense look like they gave up points. But in two weeks, our defense has shut out both teams, and they're doing a great job. And, you know, one thing I think our kids do a great job is after games, we come back in, watch our films, and they see the mistakes they made you know, missed tackles or wrong gap assignment or wrong coverage. And um, they're doing a good job communicating out on the field and getting those things fixed. And we see that in each practice that they're getting better from their game film. Uh, we're talking with Lee Fedora, the head coach of the AM Consolidated Tigers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, offensively, you guys are, you've always been a guy who wants to spread the ball around. Uh, you've got a lot of guys involved in, in your offense so far. You know, Stephen Ray, Sam Presnell, uh, Brian Darby, Devin Price, a lot of guys. Uh, from this, From that perspective, uh, is it hard to ask these guys, uh, you know, wide receivers tend to be, sometimes it can be a little bit of divas. They want the ball a little bit more than others. Uh, do you get the feeling that this wide receiver core gets it that the more we the more we all succeed, the more that the team succeeds? Well, no doubt, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing I talked to my guys all, all along. I told them, you know, at my last school we had some unbelievable receivers that would get upset when they weren't getting balls, and we made runs that year, but we didn't win big championships in the years that – we uh, won our two state championships. It was guys, they didn't care if they got a ball thrown to them at all, as long as we got that W. And I think our guys are starting to see that. And the great thing is we don't have just one guy that they can stop. We, you know, just like our last game, you know, they were double teaming and sometimes triple teaming our outside receivers. And that's what allowed us to hit the inside receivers and our running game worked. And when I talk about balance, it's not about if we have 100 snaps, we want to throw it 50 times and run it 50 times. What balance to me is if they're going to take away the run, we got to throw it. If they're going to take away the pass, we got to run it. And those guys have bought into that and understand it. Uh, the the quarterback here, uh, Caden Federa, um, I, I, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, tell us a little bit about uh, about your quarterback and 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 uh, Caden Fedora. The, his start, uh, it's awful impressive so far. It's still early, but uh, but what can you tell us about uh, about your, your signal caller? He's doing a good job. You know, the one thing that I talk to my quarterbacks all the time is, you know, even though I tag some stuff with it, that doesn't mean that's what we're going to go to. And sometimes, you know, they get confused on that and go to the tag, and that's where we threw a couple interceptions in our first two games. And same thing is, though, we get on film, and, you know, I discuss it with them, and they get an understanding. And I think he's done a good job. You know, last week we had our starting center out against Brian, and we had a few snaps that were off, but he was able to handle snaps. And when they were getting in on blitzes, he was able to scramble out and run the ball and also throw the ball downfield with our scramble adjustment. Uh, Coach, you guys are the, uh, a team with a bit of an odd week three bye. Uh, you guys will now play every single week basically until, you know, should you guys make the playoffs, then, then basically until you lose. Uh, how do you handle that? How do you handle uh, what is uh, a bit of a unique scheduling quirk uh, where you guys taking this week off but then pretty much eight straight till the end of the season and then as long as you guys can go? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, I hate bye weeks, but we don't take it off. We still work hard during practices, do regular 
uh, game type prep and do all that. And then, like I tell them, you know, it doesn't matter. The years that we went 16 and 0, you know, those were some long weeks and, and long year, but those are the type of years you like. And we just take one game at a time. And it's not about our opponents, it's about us getting better each day in practice and, and getting better for each week. And our goal is just going one game at a time, trying to be 1 and 0. And, you know, if we do that next week, then we're sitting there 3 and 0. And we're just going to keep trying to climb on it. Uh, speaking of, of one week at a time, we're talking with Lee Fedora of AM Consolidated here. Coach, you guys are in a district there in District 10 5A Division 2. That's, that's, Interesting. Uh, you guys are going to open district play in, in week five against Huntsville. Uh, it could, uh, you got one more non-district game next week against Leander Rouse, then you get into the district play. You're also in a district with a, a, a couple of new schools. Katie Pato is still kind of in their infancy. Montgomery Lake Creek is definitely in their infancy. And a couple of programs that... Uh, you know, in, in that have that have struggled in the past couple of years. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going out on a limb to say you guys are up near the top of the projections as far as this district is concerned. But then you take that district and you look at the region that you're in, and you guys are in maybe the most brutal region of all of Texas. Uh, whenever you guys do get into the playoffs. So I guess I'm interested in, in how do you make sure that your team, knowing full well that there are going to be some games down the stretch that you guys are pretty heavily favored in, how do you balance that and make sure you take care of business there so that you're prepared for you know if and when you guys do get deeper in the playoffs? Well, and that's why we just say we take it one game at a time. Our, our ultimate goal is to win a district championship, and, you know, we – the, the first goal we set is we say there's three phases in the game. There's a pre-district, and we want to go undefeated in that. We got a chance next week. We win that. We're undefeated, and then that pre-district's over with. And then we start taking one game at a time. And I'll be honest with you, we're going to have our biggest test in that first district game against Huntsville because mm-hmm. they're a talented group, and that's going to be a big game for us. But, you know, our guys have done a good job not even looking down the road at the district and all that. All they're doing is preparing for Leander Rouse and, and doing that. And, Hopefully we can stay healthy and keep doing what we need to do, and then we'll take one game at a time and get ready for a big big test with uh, Huntsville at our place. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic matchup, and, and we're really looking forward to it. You're right, that's a Huntsville team that's really been impressive so far. Uh, Coach, finally, uh, there is a another team in town, and I hate to bring them up, but uh, it is College Station, the reigning 5A Division II state champs. You guys will not face them uh, this year. They're in 5A Division I, you guys down in 5A Division II. Uh, from your perspective, they're – they're your rival, but they're they're down the street. Are you happy for them that they won a state championship, or are you just gets kind of sticking your crawl a little bit? Well, the thing you're only happy for is when you win a state championship. <laughs> That's the same thing. But you know, it's it just shows that you know this community has some great athletes and this and that. And uh, you know, the main thing we try to do and is just get our guys prepared. And I'll be honest with you, the biggest rival game to me is our Brian game that we played. Mm-hmm. That was. When I was playing in the 80s, that's who we played, and it was always close games and tough games, and that's why I want to keep playing them. And, you know, people can say, well, there's 6A, y'all are only 5A Division two. That doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. just about playing games and getting ready for opponents and doing that. Um, but, you know, it's great when teams in the area win, but you want to be the team that's doing the winning also. Absolutely. And the A&M Consolidated Tigers, 2-0 and through their first two weeks. Uh, next week they'll take on Leander Rouse with their head coach, Lee Fedora. Coach, appreciate your time. Congratulations on your hot start. Uh, best of luck uh, next week against Rouse and down the road. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. There he goes, Lee Fedora, the head coach, the A&M Consolidated Tigers. Good guy. Another guy I can't. I, I, I literally cannot believe we haven't had him on the show yet. That's, just, that's kind of amazing. But, <laughs> got him now. Uh, got him now. Put it. Put it. Put it in the. Put it on the board. Yes. Um, it, it, thanks to talking to him and um, 
this is you know th- their defense has been really good. I actually I did not know that about the fact that their lone touchdown was a special right. teams touchdown. I, yeah, I like he, I like how you wanted to clarify. That. He's, He's like, like no, no 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 no. We got two shutouts. <laughs> we got two shutouts. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Um, yeah. So we appreciate Coach Levador joining us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom campbells Follow us on Instagram, instagramcom campbells and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Folks, it's that most magical time of the week. America's favorite segment. It's time for free money! Free bookie. Free money! For your bookie. Our college football picks against the spread. Um, last week, another nice week. Six and four for me. Ish, you were gone because I was. Uh, this was a... Um, this is a quarantine zone. This is a quarantine zone. What's what's the what's the word for that? There's a, a infirmary. It was an infirmary. So you were kept out of it. Max literally kept me out of the studio. Another 10-game slate of college football games across the state. We'll finally get Ish's picks. I'm 12-9 and nine on the year. Ish is 4-7, uh, and seven, but this is the rally week. This is the rally week. Max Thompson, what's our first game? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Try to contain your excitement for this segment, Max. This is, no, these – you know what? I will say this He's is, looking at the spreads. This is one of the most exciting weeks for the top-tier games. Yeah. And yeah. holy crap. Yeah. Is it a sad <laughs> – a sad and desperate week for the underdogs. There's a, there are a couple games, uh, and we start these first two that I'm like, Ugh. we start in Knoxville, 11 a.m. Saturday. Your UTEP Miners are 30 and a half point dogs, and that might be generous. Yeah, and Tennessee is not good. <laughs> Knoxville, Knoxville, Knoxville. Um, there was an episode of The Simpsons in which uh, Bart got a fake ID. And they uh, rented a car, and they decided to drive to Knoxville for the 1982 World's Fair, even though it was 1996. And so they went up in the sun sphere, but it was a wig sphere, and so they all got wigs. It's a long Can story. Can either of you sing any part of Rocky Top? Thankfully, no. So I went to, when I lived in Atlanta, um, uh, we went to the SEC oh, championship game one year. Yeah. And we sat next to the Tennessee band. Oh, yeah. so you learned it by the end of the, by the, end of the game. Oh, Rocky Top. That is, by the way. Boomer Sooner and Rocky Top oh. are the bottom two. In some order, I'm okay with either with either order. They've never been in a bowl, right? Well, uh, together? together? No, I feel like the I universe think, would have collapsed on itself say, like they, a dying they, star. Bowl if they selection did. committees have been like, no, 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 not you too. <laughs> um, okay, so Tennessee is not very good. The offense is not good. They want to run the ball and complete efficient passes, but they're kind of bad at both of them. Right? They've got a running back in Tim Jordan. They feel pretty good about the defense is not very good, and it's especially not very good against the pass. UTEP actually showed some signs of life last week. I know that sounds kind of odd, but sure. they actually did. Sure. But uh, the, on the ground, they need a big game from Q Wadley, but the defense is so bad. It's so bad. And I just, on the road, I'm going to take Tennessee minus 30 and a half. I can't believe I'm doing that, but I've, I've got to. I've got to. Northern Arizona won by 20. At in El Paso, in, in El Paso. So you're saying an SEC is, team just needs to get 11 points. 10 points, po- yeah. El Tennessee. This is damning with faint praise. Uh, Tennessee's better than Northern Arizona, right? <laughs> I can't believe I said that on the show. Ish, who are you going with? Come on, it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. All right, Max. What's next? You might say to yourself, <laughs> "It can't get any worse than that." Oh boy. But let me tell you, we're going to the big house. 2.30 p.m. Saturday. SMU, 
36 point underdogs. 36. So, um, SMU, a bull team last year. Yeah, but you've seen them. I know, but, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, the offense for Michigan, the offense is kind of middling. Their quarterback play from Shea Patterson. Remember him? Shea Patterson has been bad, but the running game's actually okay. Karen Higdon and company. The defense is solid. They make a fair amount of splash plays, and that's basically all you need to know is that their defense is solid. I think you can make an argument, with all due respect to our friends at North Texas, this is the best defense. No, I'm sorry. They played TCU. And TCU held them to 12 points. It's it's up there with TCU. It's up there with TCU. This is a good defense. Um, They're going to make some splash plays. The question is, can the Michigan offense score enough? Right. Well, North Texas hung. I think North Texas offense is better than Michigan. Sure. Um, At least, you know. I mean, this Comparably. year a lot of offenses might be better than Michigan's. Yeah, so I don't know. This is tough for me. I think I'm asking. I think that's asking a little bit too much of Michigan. I know. I'm going to take SMU. I'm going to take SMU plus 36. I was going to say, like, I think the biggest thing is, you, is Michigan going to be able to get a spread of 36? Like, that's is, the are thing. they going to? Is their offense going to be able to score 36? I trust like, like SMU is only going to score 10 points. Right. But the question then is, can are you asking Michigan to score? 47, and I'm just not I sure mean, they, they had a great They had a great game last week against Western Michigan. They put up points. I'm going – I'm taking Michigan. Okay. Yeah. You're I, taking I, Michigan. I think they Got can. it. All right. What's next, Max? 36 is a lot of points. It's a guys. lot of points. It's a lot That's of points. That's why I'm going with SMU. It's a lot of points. Uh, Actual interesting game now. Yeah, we get a reprieve, <laughs> a brief reprieve. Oh, yeah, this one's good. Duke – Coming into Waco. We're going to stop at Magnolia, get some nice things to take back to North Carolina. Stop at the check stop. Stop way. at the check stop. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to play a football game. And Baylor, a six-point favorite. How about that? All right. Now, part of this is that Duke's starting quarterback's out. Yep. Daniel mm-hmm. Jones is out. Uh, they're going to go to Quentin Harris, their backup, who I believe uh, our college football insider, Shayon J. Raja, was telling me has thrown something like 17 career passes in college. Um I will say, so they actually try to run the ball a fair amount, but they're not very good at it. This is going to be, but then again, Baylor played UTSA last week, a team that cannot run the ball, and UTSA had some success running yeah, the ball. BJ Daniels looked really good. Baylor's running defense is a problem. And so if Britton Brown and Deion Jackson have a big game, it's going to be problematic. Now, their defense is actually solid all the way out, but they can be beat through the air. Mm-hmm. So for me, the name of the game for Baylor is they've got to be able to stop the run, and they've got to hit a couple plays over the top. Sure. I'm going to go with the Bears. I think, and, and by the way, I, I, I maintain that this is the game that will decide bowl eligibility. I think you look at their schedule. I don't think my, a whole lot of my opinion has changed on Baylor so far. Um that I think that they're either a five- or six-win team. This is that sixth win. They've got to win this game. If they win this game, I think they're going bowling. If they don't, it's going to be a lot tougher. I think they get the win. I think they cover. I think they win by about a touchdown. Give me Baylor. I'm going Baylor, too, because I think at the beginning of the season, we looked at this game and it was like, they got to go, they got to face Oklahoma 4-0. Yeah. They have to be 4-0 facing Oklahoma. Correct. Because they're not going to beat Oklahoma. But they need to be able to say they have that cushion of getting off that unbeaten start. Correct. Max, what's next? Only a Jesus. It's a very short snuff film mm. compared to the other two, which are sagas. Uh, <laughs> the Roadrunners scooting on up to Manhattan, Kansas, 3 p.m. Saturday. They are 21 and a half point dogs. And here's the thing: Kansas State sucks. <laughs> like, eh. 
Not Ma- great. Man. Mississippi State just might be really good. Maybe. Maybe that's fair, possible. In their defense. They, well, they only beat South Dakota by three. They beat South Dakota by three. How much did you beat South Dakota by, Ishmael? <laughs> Pro- I'm, wa- I'm waiting not, for your not, answer. Not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, what I thought. Three is not that much more. Okay, so here's, here's the book on Kansas State. This is an atrocious offense sure. because they have a bad offensive line and no running game. And right. when Bill Snyder has a bad offensive line and no running game, he doesn't really have a plan B. Right. So they're just going to keep running Skylar Thompson and Alex Barnes into the defense just over and over and over. And I will say that the front seven for UTSA is not necessarily the problem, right? Their defense is also pretty bad against the run. And if the defense, and, and they're actually solid versus the pass, but I think every pass UTSA throws from here on out is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. I don't know. I think UTSA is going to cover this. I think they're going to beat 21.5. I'm going to take UTSA plus 21.5. I think that they showed some signs of life offensively last week on the ground. If they can continue to get some of that running game going, I think they've got a chance to be to be pretty. I think they got a chance to cover. I'm going UTSA too, just because yeah. I don't. I just don't see Kansas State as that dominant team, no. that dominant running team like you like you mentioned. We've seen from Bill Snyder the past couple of years. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If they're not able to run the ball, and especially I, I think that say what you want about UTSA, I don't think that running game. I don't think the run defense is necessarily the problem. Sure, the front seven. My question now is, can they continue to to let these running back? Can they get another big game from BJ Daniels? Mm-hmm. If that happens, then I think they're right in it, not just to cover, but maybe to make this thing interesting. Sure, Max, what's next? Ooh, do we get issues? Do we get issues? Oh, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You just okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Just making sure. I'm barely paying attention. <laughs> I know you are. He's just here. The story of the show. Time. <laughs> time for things to get sexy. <laughs> Woo! The mean green. Just traveling a little ways up the road, Fayetteville. Taking on the Razorbacks and their old foe, old foe Chad Morris. Mean green, seven-point dogs. You wouldn't think it based on how everyone on the planet is like, UNT's the pick in this game. Uh, so... Here's, here's the book on Arkansas. They've got a passing offense that can't get in gear. Mm-hmm. They can't actually run the ball. Uh, they're kind of toggling between quarterbacks, tri- uh, Ty Story and Cole Kelly. They're running back. Hey, remember Devois Whaley? I do. Yeah. Uh, he's been actually decent for them. Uh, the opponents know they can pass on them, and so they do. And they also don't get much of a pass rush. They're 81st in the nation in, yard, in points allowed or yards allowed per pass. Look, I know that like we got because we do this show on we do this segment on Thursday, we've been beat to this take. But guys, North Texas is going to go to Arkansas and beat Arkansas. They're going to win this game. I, I I think the matchup is there. So, yeah, I'll take I'll take North Texas plus 7. I think they're going to win outright. I think they're going to win this game. I I can't help but shake. I think that this is such a good matchup for them as far as what Arkansas doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. Well, what could what could harm? What are the things that we think could hurt North Texas? A dominant pass rush, right? Or a really good secondary? Sure. Does Arkansas, Arkansas have either of those? No. No. I'm taking North Texas plus seven, with a little caveat. I think they're winning outright. And if you, and um, by the way, I'm taking that as well. Uh, and if you don't have either of those things on defense against North Texas, uh, you better have a good passing offense, which Arkansas they does don't. not. They're, they're a physical running team that's, that was built to be that, now learning to play in Chad Morris' system. I think which, right. that's, got, that's, a year, that's a two-year adjustment at least. Right. You are taking, a, you're taking Wisconsin's offense and trying right. to turn them into the spread, and the horses just ain't on campus yet. We yeah. love Chad Morris on the show, but the horses just ain't there yet. Right. North Texas. 
uh, what's the hand? It's this, right? The Talon? Sure. 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 <laughs> Go in North Texas. I think you made that up. What's next, yeah. Max? Yeah, it's fine. It looks, it looks right. Yeah. I don't know. Another sweet, sexy game. Mm-hmm. The Cougs going up to Texas Tech. 3.15 p.m. Saturday. Mm-hmm. The Cougs, a one-point favorite. Basically, this whole game comes down to how much stock do you put into Texas Tech 77 Lamar nothing. Yeah. The mm-hmm. more I think mm-hmm. about it, the more it's like if you think that was just like the breakout game where they got everything fixed and everything's okay, then like you're like, all right, Tech's got it rolling now. Alan Bowman's comfortable. The offense is comfortable. Defense is rounding in. Also, the how form. good do you think Arizona is? Yeah, and how good do you think Arizona is, right? Um, I got to be honest, man. Before the season, I thought this was a Tech win, and I flipped. I think Houston's winning this game. Now, the great thing is that basically with a one-point line, you're basically picking a winner. Sure. Um, I'm going to take Houston. I think Houston's going to go up there and win. I think that what you saw last week is Houston kind of coming into their final form mm-hmm. and looking like we know they can. Right. De'Aaron King's officially their quarterback now and look, looking like he has the offense going. Right. The defense looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, it, it, like you said, it, I think it comes down to do you think – do you put more stock in Houston dominating Arizona or Tech dominating L- Lamar? And, and I, I'd rather yeah. look at the FBS matchup. I, I totally agree. I think Houston's going up to Lubbock and coming away with a win. I'm I taking the so Cougs too. in this one. Uh, give me, or both taking Houston uh, mm-hmm. minus one. What's next, Max? The Black Heart of Darkness Bowl. Jesus, God in heaven. Texas State versus <laughs> South Alabama. We're, 6 p.m. Saturday. I'm going to let Ishmael Johnson, our resident Texas State expert, handle it. All right. Uh, well, we, t- sure. we touched on it a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Spread. Yeah. yeah. Didn't get oh, spread. sorry, sorry. Your Texas State Sad Cats. <laughs> Ten and a half point ducks. Go ahead. Take it. All right. Well, let me, let me just get the. I have to go full, you know. Uh, full, full, um, full disclosure. It's going full alumnus Full disclosure here. to show that I'm absolutely biased. No. Um, I have no idea what to expect from this game. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it a little bit before the interview that Texas State could win this game by 21 and South Alabama could win this game by 14 or 20 as well. 10 is about accurate. It's kind of setting the margin there at mm-hmm. like it could go either way. I'm going to take – I don't know if I'm going to take them outright, but I'm going to take Texas State to beat the spread. Okay. That's interesting. And I don't, I don't hate it. I want to pull up something that I, I go to pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure. I want to see what Texas State is um, against the spread sure. uh, in their history. Because basically, you're right. This is El Asico mm-hmm. of the Sun Belt. Yeah. And so the, what what you start looking at is trends, okay? You start looking at trends. And it's in, it's in Alabama. So, okay, so it could, be like, it could be like also like a torrential downpour. Correct. So, <laughs> um, Let's see. Can I go back a year? I don't know if I can. So Texas State uh, did not cover against Texas Southern, and they right. did not cover against Rutgers. Right. Um, I would love to say I'd love to go with Texas State, but I can't. That's fine. I'm going with um, I'm going. With, let's see. Actually, I can pull this up. 2016 was when Weathers took over, right? Yeah. So Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. This segment's oh. not too long. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nah. Um. They are ten and thirteen against the spread as um, as as underdogs. I'm going to go with Texas. I'm going to go with South Alabama. Yeah. I think. So. Did you take Texas State? Yeah, I took them. Okay. The spread. Uh, yeah, you are uh, you are a homer. Okay. <laughs> What's next, Max? Easy call of the week: Louisiana Monroe at Texas A&M, six thirty p.m. A&M 
26 and a half point favorites. Like, basically, your only question here is, is there a letdown? Right. That's basically it. Right. Right. They should. Now, Louisiana Monroe's not lunch meat. Is there a, look, actually is there a look ahead factor? Yeah. Actually, is there a letdown and a look ahead? A look ahead and, and letdown. Um, oh, they got Alabama. They got Alabama next after a bye, I think. But um, mm-hmm. they got Alabama next. Is there a look ahead? Is there a letdown? That's basically the only question here. Um, I will say Louisiana Monroe is actually a pretty good defense. They stopped the run pretty well. Which could be interesting, uh, but I see no reason not to go with AM. I'm going to go with AM minus 26. And a half. I like Matt Viator. Um, I thought he's he's a really fun offensive mind, but yeah, I don't see any way that AM doesn't come Both taking AM minus 26. And a half. What's next, Max? Here's the big one. Up in the sexy factor again. This is, this is Chief Sexy. 7 p.m. at Jerry World, Saturday. Number four, Ohio State taking on number 15, TCU. TCU, 12-and-a-half-point dogs. Harsh, harsh. That's that's just mean. In a de facto home game. Harsh. Like, yeah. kind of, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, it's technically a neutral site, but is it? Um, Not saying it's wrong, but it's just mean. So here's the thing on Ohio State. This is a massive offense, and it's super efficient throwing the ball, and when they run, they're effective. Dwayne Haskins, their quarterback's been great. Mike Weber uh, and J.K. Dobbins, remember him? Uh, they've been really good on the ground. Range. Um Here's here's why I'm taking TCU to to beat the spread, because I think that this I think that this Ohio State front seven is vulnerable against the run, and when TCU's really rolling, it's when they get the running game going, when they get Kyle Hicks and Shea Olanalua, and to a certain extent Sean Robinson running. If they can do that, they can stay within double digits. I like. I think this game's a single-digit game. I do think Ohio State wins outright, but I'm taking TCU uh, plus twelve and a half. I'm taking Ohio State. Okay, I'm taking them. Yeah, take mm. the points. Fine. And finally, Max. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> hey, remember when these were two of the best teams in the country? I can't believe anyone is still excited about this game. People always say that third one's the worst. Boy, <laughs> twenty-two <laughs> USC. Going into DKR Memorial Stadium, 7 p.m. Saturday. Texas, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So tell me, Greg, what? Wait, really? I, didn't, yeah. I haven't seen the spread until yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What, uh, what does Vegas see that would, that the rest of us just don't? I, and to be fair, what, what are the rest of our abused, beaten, and bloodied hearts haven't seen? Um, so this is the return of the Jedi of this matchup, right, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, or the X-Men 3. Yeah. So... Here's what they see. You're asking me what they see. you got to remember, basically, three points is a home field advantage, right? So, essentially, they're saying this game's, because because Texas is at home, they it's get a, a slight side. edge. Beyond, on a neutral site, this would be a coin flip. And beyond that, I will say this. Remember, USC was, was the hotness last year, yeah. and Texas was... Um, what's the opposite? The notness. Yeah, the, the not- notness. Oh, wow, Max Thompson. Yeah. Look at that. I got you. Just, uh, mm. throw, up the, throw up the lob. The notness. <laughs> And so I think that they, I think they're looking at last year and saying, "Oh, this will be close." Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be. Uh, I, I look at USC. This offense is really sputtering. The uh, JT Daniels cannot figure out this offense. They'll probably want to run the ball more with Aka Cedric Ware. Remember him? Yeah. Baby. Um, the defense is beatable on the ground, and so there are some avenues here for Texas to win this game. Um, it's weird because I have these conflicting feelings i think texas is going to win but i also think texas is going to win by a field goal mm. and it's three and a half mm. so it's a perfect line for me i'm going to go with tech i'm going to be a homer i'm going to i'm going to take texas 
Um, I think they cover the three and a half. Uh, I think they win. I think they get that big win, and Tom Herman feels good, feels a lot better. How how uh, before I'm going to give yeah, Ish yeah, a chance sure. here because I'm going to let him think about this. Sure, go ahead. How can you trust them at all? I know. I don't. I mean, I know whether you love them or hate them at this point. How can you look at anything they've done so far and go, you know what? I, I also I got faith. I also yeah. just I got faith. Here's the thing, though, is that like at the very least, Maryland had a competent offense. Tulsa had a competent offense. I don't know if you could say that about USC, and that's kind of where um my that's kind of where I lean. I will say I was I was rewatching like a little bit of twenty eight twenty five. I was rewatching touches, a little bit of last year, a and a lot of it was Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones doing stuff. Yes, like it was like oh look look at that throw by Sam Darnold, that awesome throw that an NFL caliber quarterback would make. So I could I see that a worse Texas team had a better USC team beat last year. Yeah. And is, this is yeah. at home. Okay. I like taxes. All right. Uh, you know what? I'll do it too. Yeah! I we're all jumping into the lava pit together. Texas Tech takes over all the the all time series. We're gonna be. I mean, I hope not. Actually, obviously. no. Sorry. The the 2006 didn't happen according to right, USC. So. Right. Uh, I hope. We're not sitting here on Monday going, why did we do that again? Right. I, I hope not. There's I, about a 40% chance we will. Oh. I feel like. I feel like there's I about. Feel I, feel like there's, for, I feel bad for Texas fans. I realize every other fan base is like, don't. Don't feel bad for them. I was about to say, but, yeah. boy, those last two games have been brutal to watch. They really have. So, anyway, those are our free money picks. Uh, we appreciate you bearing with us on this very long show. Uh, Max, you want to do final thoughts? Nah. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Final Free money pick. Oh, oh we got oh. throwing in a sleeper. Okay, I'm sure. Canelo Golovkin this weekend. Who you got? Oh, is that right? Yeah, That's baby. Uh, who was the one who got screwed last time? Golovkin. He gets the win. Can, okay, he gets All the right. win. Sure. We, we got to set up. We got to set up number three. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Golovkin. Okay. Yeah. I like three G. Okay. Um, Ish, who you got? It's triple G. Come on. Now. All right. Fair enough. That's a sweet triple G across board. All of us. There it is. Thank you for spending part of your day with us and dealing with us on this very long show. We promise it won't be uh, this long all the time. But follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. Of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today. 